Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. Ever get homesick for anywhere but home? As you make your return to travel, let the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card help you reach new destinations and find new appreciation for the places you know and love. Expand your world and go boundless with the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Learn more at marriottbonvoy.com forward slash chase cards. Cards are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. You are listening to the voice of young conservatism on the radio, Noah Ring. Yeah, and I promise by next week I'll have somebody uh, a little bit better actually do the, the voice of young conservatism uh, on the radio. Trust me, I will. Um, anyway, so we are back on the second hour, which means 55 more minutes, and you can go and listen to anybody else. I recommend Brian Pritchard if you live in the state of Georgia. Uh, if you go to FYNTV.com, I recommend also uh, Scott Rifen down in uh, the Golden Isles, back where I'm from. Uh, I don't know anybody else who does uh, who's on between 9 and 10 or 9. and uh, You know, uh, Mark K is pretty good. He ain't pretty bad. I like Mark K. But we have a good second hour for you. Uh, Joining us now is a man who I've been friends with for many, many, many years. Drew Van Voris of the, what's it called? Uh, The Epic Times. He's a pretty epic guy. Drew Van Voris is joining us now. Drew is coming on to talk about, you know, what's going on in California because I have no idea. So here we go. You ready? And joining me on the second hour of Let Freedom Ring is my friend, Drew. Drew, would you like to introduce yourself to my listeners? Sure thing. Uh, my name is Drew Van Voris. I'm a California news reporter with the Epic Times. Um, so just been covering California for um, for a bit and excited to be on here. Thanks for having me on, Noah. Yeah, of course. And the reason I did want to bring you on is because, uh, one, you know, you're a lot smarter than myself. And two, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of listeners out west and they've asked me to talk about this, but... Tr- there's so much going on in my home state of Georgia that I let alone, you know, and then I saw that, you know, I followed you for a while, Drew, and then I saw that you're Southern Cal reporter with the Epic Times. So I was like, well, might as well ask Drew on. So, Drew, do you mind kind of going through a little bit about, like, act like act like I just got out of a coma. Explain, explain what's going on in, in California for me. Yeah, sure thing. So we have a, uh, a very rare recall election going on. It's only happened once before successfully um, back in 2003, I believe. Um, But basically what's going on is, you know, there's a current effort underway to recall uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom. And it started kind of last year, you know, as COVID set in. Um, And they've tried to recall him a number of times. But, you know, with with all the COVID restrictions, high crime, vaccine mandates, high taxes, things like that, small businesses shutting down, um, you know, a lot of people signed on to recall the governor. And now, we have an election underway uh, for September 14th, where there's a significant chance he will get recalled. And then, so to be to you know to clarify again, because I'm not very smart, there are two things to vote on. You know, first is basically, do we want to recall him? And then, second is if we recall him, who do you want to be? Is that's correct? Correct. Yeah, you're perfectly right, Noah. Yeah, the first question is going to be, you know, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom as the governor of California? And then you'll either put yes or no. If you put no, then you don't answer the second question. If you put yes, uh, you'll have a list of 46 different candidates um, to choose from. You know, and some of the top ones are Larry Elder, Kevin Kiley, people like that, um, that, you know, you'll be able to choose from. And if it does go through, 
all you'll have to do, all you need for it to potentially go through is 50% plus one vote, and then Newsom will be recalled if that does happen. And then whoever gets the do do does is is there could there be a runoff between the top two on that second part, or how does that work? No. So what's actually interesting about this is it's just whoever if he if again if that 50% plus one. Um, votes to recall him does go through it's just going to be a simple majority so you could end up with 10 15 20 percent of the vote and become the next uh governor of california which is something that you know makes this election really interesting maybe i should throw my hat in the ring out there what do i have to lose (laughs) so yeah exactly i mean let's talk about what really you know there's i mean there's a there's a statewide elected guy right now in georgia named brad raffensperger that a lot of people would like to recall but we just Kind of decided to wait, you know, a couple more years. I mean, what Newsom's up in, is it 22 or 24? Um, really, what kind of led this to wanting to them to just go ahead and throw him out? Sure. So, um, yeah, he'll actually be up in uh, Newsom's term, if he's not recalled, will end in uh, 2022. So they're really just recalling him um, for the one last year he has left in office. Um, but you know, what led to this is people are just tired of kind of the COVID restrictions I've seen. That's the number, you know, when I'm interviewing people and I ask them, you know, what, why, you know, why did you decide to recall or not recall? Most time people are just saying COVID restrictions because California, um, was the most restricted state in the whole country in terms of, you know, business shutdowns and things like that, you know, mask wearing, we're now having some vaccine mandates, um, for healthcare workers and things like that. And that's creating its own host of problems with people who who uh, don't feel comfortable with that. Um, so that's kind of what's leading to so many people to sign on um, to recall him, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, despite it being painted as a Republican recall. Okay, so everyone knows that, you know, at first the front runner on the Republican side was uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and then now it looks like it's Larry Elder. Who, who, who is that? Is there anybody kind of on the left that they are kind of throwing their support behind, or is it wide open? Like what I know there was that uh, that Kevin guy who's a YouTuber or something who doesn't seem completely crazy. So what? Who's really leading the pack on both sides? Well, on on the Republican side, it's definitely Larry Elder. I mean, I think he's he's blowing everyone out of the park, which is funny too because he didn't announce until maybe last. He was the ago. last person who announced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he was so late, but quickly rose the ranks um, to to become the top. And then on the Democratic side, you know, honestly, I don't think. I mean, on the Democratic side, they just want to keep Newsom. I, there are some Democrats running against him, probably more moderate ones. But honestly, I couldn't even tell you their names because they're very rarely talked about. So do you think we could end up in a spot where you know? Let assuming he gets recalled, because I think that's pretty much almost a given at this point that he will get recalled. Uh, it, the question is like the second part of it. So do you think we could end up in a spot where, you know, the Democrats are splitting votes with, with these lesser known people and then all Republicans for the most part rally behind Larry Elder. He gets, let's say 20% of the vote and then he's the next governor. You know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, there's not really any issue of vote splitting because it's just whoever gets the simple majority. And I, I mean, I can tell you, I think universally, if you are a Democrat voting in this election, you're very, you know, you're going to be voting probably for a Republican for the first time. And that's because, you know, you'll have an opportunity. To, you know, what I heard Kevin Kiley say, who's one also another top Republican contender, he's a um, state assembly member. He's saying this is your one opportunity. If you don't like what's going on in California, you don't have to vote four years for a new governor. 
this will be an opportunity to try it out for one year because whoever gets in will have one year in office to finish out Newsom's term, and then they'll have to run again if they decide to do so. So I don't think there's really going to be any issues of vote splitting. You know, I think Republicans are fairly united behind Larry Elder. There's definitely Caitlyn Jenner and um, some other ones who, who do have some support. Um, but I think it's, you know, according to polls, it looks like, you know, Larry Elder and Newsom are going toe-to-toe -to -toe in this whole thing. And you can even see that because Newsom has been universally attacking Larry Elder. Um, and to me, that kind of indicates that, you know, he, he, might, he might be concerned of losing against him. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I know most people, uh, you know, there's, there's a primary going on right now in Georgia. And the, the, the sitting, you know, incumbent isn't even mentioning the other guy who is pretty popular. Um, it's also interesting because Larry Elder would be the first black governor of the state of California, correct? I believe so, yes. And he would also be the first black white supremacist governor in America. I do believe that as well. That's what that's what the left is telling me, and they, they've never lied to me before, correct, Drew? Yeah, you know, they, they, I don't think you know either side ever lies too much, you know. But, yeah, the that's L.A. True. Times did, did recently come out. Um, they called him the black face of, of white supremacy, you know. And, and I think he took that one uh, pretty hard. I've seen a few amount of uh, interviews he's done about that, and I think he was, you know, I think that was pretty offensive to him. Yeah, you know, Larry Elder's not somebody who I've ever, you know, I respect him, but I've never been somebody who, like, you know, I don't listen to his radio show every day. Uh, see, to me, he has some, he, he's more of an old school conservative. Definitely, a I'm, everything's a step in the right direction from Gavin Newsom. There, it, there's also a question that I've heard, you know, from some people in California that they want to vote for maybe that Kevin Praff guy or, or somebody on the left because they think that if Larry Elder gets elected, if Kevin Kiley, Caitlyn Jenner, that they won't be able to do anything because of the supermajority in the state house, and they won't change much because I guess there is, uh, they can they can they have veto vote or they they can break a veto and everything like that. Is any is, is that a real concern? Should that be a real concern? Yeah. So I actually had that concern um, myself. So that's an excellent question that I hear people asking all the time. Um, and what's funny is, uh, you know, Larry Elder came into our offices, um, I want to say, you know, a few weeks ago, and, you know, we, we asked him about that, and he said it concerned him at first, too, but then once he learned of all the different, you know, you, there is a supermajority, so it will be, you know, technically hard to pass through bills and maybe things like that, but the governor has a lot of, you know, power in and of itself, um, the governorship, you know, by, you know, they have emergency orders, they can end mandates, they can do all things like that. So mass mandates and, and, you know, vaccine mandates, these aren't being pushed through by the Assembly or the Senate in California. They're being pushed through by the governor's office. And so where do you, you know, or whoever gets in, any Republican that could get in um, to do that, they'll have the power to change around things that I think affect Californians most. You know, they can direct, you know, police to do things. All these different um, items can be pushed through without necessarily you know, being worried about the Democratic supermajority in the state. But that is a very common question I've heard um, about people who are, you know, concerned to vote for a Republican because of that. Oh, sure. And for those of you just turning in, we're, too, we're li sorry, we're speaking to Drew Van Voris of Epic Times about uh, the California recall. So assuming, assuming all this happens, because this is just something that I'm interested in, it's my radio show, so I can talk about what I want. Uh, how does, how, when would... Let's let's say Elder wins. When would would when whoever the new governor elect? When when do when would they take office? Would you know, it, I'm not actually completely sure about that. That's not being widely talked about yet. I believe it would be within a few weeks, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. 
Right, because I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't take office until a year from now, what's even really the point, right? Um, yeah, exactly. You know, there's only a year left. So I, my guess would be it would have to be pretty soon to be, um, you know, worthwhile. What, uh, what, so, so shift, shifting from that, what, what is their, what is the status on the ground uh, of the COVID mandates? Uh, is there still a lot? How do people react to that? I mean, I'm from the state of Georgia. They told us a year ago that we'd all die and I'm still alive to this day. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right now, um, the governor did remove the mass mandate on July 15th. Um, so that you're not seeing a ton. I think what's happening is he's, you know, with, with the Delta and things, the Delta variant, you know, cases are, are definitely going up. You know, we can see that from, from uh, the data. But I think he's concerned to re-add mass mandates and things like that as he's facing this recall election. Because you have to remember with the French Laundry incident, he, you know, this whole recall started because he wasn't wearing a mass mandate. So he knows a lot of people don't like that. They see him as a hypocrite on that issue. And, you know, so I think he's afraid of reinstating them. What we are seeing is that certain counties have their own power to add their own mass mandates. So I believe LA County has done that. Um, I think they're looking to add, you know, vaccine passports and things like that too. Um, And so it's really on a county by county issue right now than a whole statewide thing. Although he is encouraging, of course, you know, he's, he's telling everyone that they should get vaccinated and, you know, he's, you know, he's implementing, you know, vaccine work, uh, vaccine mandates for healthcare workers was his most recent thing from about two weeks ago. Right. And I've, I said from day one that if you, if we really want people to take this vaccine, then we need to incentivize it. Right. You know, we need to tell, it's like if I, if, you know, if I want my son, I don't have a son, I'm 20, but if I wanted my son to <laughs> clean his room, me just saying, clean your room. If I say, if you clean your room, you know, I'll take you to the, to the video game store. Right. But if I say, if you clean your room, you're not going to the video game store at all. And in fact, you know, I'm going to make you clean my room. Uh, then there's no reason to, to, to do it. So that, that's been my belief is that you got to incentivize these vaccines somehow and putting them into a lottery is fun and all, but you know, people want to be able to take off the mask. I know a lot of people got who got the, the vaccine just because they want to take off their mask. And then now Anthony Fauci is pushing what he's pushing. Is there anything else that uh, the listeners should be paying attention to in California outside of this recall election or, you know, the recall election, it's, it's pretty much the biggest thing going on right now. Um, mostly everything is connected to that in a way, whether it be COVID or any other issue. But that's kind of the biggest thing, because I think our state leaders are focused so much on it right now. You know, and, you know, tying back to what you said about, you know, incentivizing for the vaccines. What's interesting is there was this whole consensus that, you know, once you got the vaccine, you could take off your mask, you would be, you know, free, things like that. And we saw that in California for about a month or two. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's kind of masked back up again uh, in a lot of different places. Um, you go inside, even though there's no statewide mask mandate, still a lot of, you know, the government is encouraging businesses to, to do it. So all the mainstream businesses will and things like that. Um, so there is that incentive that they kind of took away. So real quickly, because it just popped in my head. Do you think that Biden's sinking poll numbers after the aftermath in Afghanistan will have anything to do in this uh, in this Will it, will it play anything in this recall election at all? Do you think it'll make Democrats not want to come out and vote because they're like, what the hell did I vote for? Like, what do you think is going to go on with that? 
I do think it will, because, you know, when the country's leadership is, you know, I mean, Biden's poll or not his polling, but his approval numbers have gone drastically down, you know, as a, as a result of Afghanistan. And I think that it's hard to listen. You know, Biden's telling everyone to vote no on the recall, obviously, because they're both Democrats. Um, and we, I guess, would expect nothing less of him to do that. But it's hard to listen to him for many people, you know, when that whole situation is going on. And what's funny is I think Biden is even, you know, planning on coming out to California pretty soon. Um, same with uh, Vice President Harris to come out and talk about, you know, convince people to vote no on the recall. So I think he's actually supposed to fly out um, pretty soon, you know, to to encourage people, you know, to try and energize the Democratic base uh, to come out and vote no on it. Well, you know, honestly, if I was Larry Elder, I'd, I'd want Joe Biden to come out and campaign for my opponent personally. I think that would help me in the polls. <laughs> Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know if you can confirm this. I, I've heard that there has now been a 14th uh, death confirmed as a result of the Kabul uh, air attack. Have you heard anything about that, or am I just reading Twitter uh, tweets? I believe, yeah, I, I have heard it's about 14 um, U.S. members. I think 10 of them were Marines. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was yeah. 10 Marines, a soldier, a sailor, and maybe another soldier. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, you know, he's, he's you know, they're they're worried on everything right now. Besides for these major issues we're, you know, we're facing, they're worried about their political power. And you can see that by, you know, Newsom said when asked about the issue, Newsom said that he thought Biden was doing a great job on the issue, despite most people thinking he's not. I mean, his approval numbers, like we said, are sinking. I think um, I so saw just high 20s. I think I saw high 20s yeah. at one point. Yeah. So it, it's interesting on how they're, they're kind of focusing on their own political lives um, than, you know, the, the health of the country and the state. Yeah, Drew, I got one more question for you, then I will let you go. I know you're a busy man. Uh, Do you know why Joe Biden spends so much time in Wilmington, Delaware? I honestly, I couldn't tell you. It's it's pretty simple. (laughs) I'm not sure. It's pretty simple. It's because he gets, uh, he doesn't pay sales tax on this chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream. So, so Drew, (laughs) please. uh, No, it's true. That's true. So, so uh, Drew, please tell the people where they can keep, keep up with your work at the Epic Times and everything you're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm on the Epic Times with uh, Drew Van Voris. Um, you know, all my articles are going to be on that website. You can also, you know, follow me on social media anywhere at um, Drew Van Voris. Well, there you go. Very simple. Drew Van Voris, thank you so much for coming on. We are, we'll be back after these messages. Yeah, just kidding. We got about eight more minutes before the messages. And then we got 25 more minutes after that to go. Well, that's only 33. You know, that's only... Like 33 more minutes, you got to listen to me. I think that's a good deal. Uh, Drew does great work. The Epic Times uh, does great work. I do want to talk a little bit about California for these next eight minutes, and then we'll shift topic into making fun of Joe Biden for the rest of it. So I saw the news on, I guess I saw it Friday or Saturday, that uh, Sirhan Sirhan, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's assassin, uh, will be getting paroled, I guess, pending the governor's approval. And Larry Elder said, I would deny Sirhan parole for assassinating RFK. Now, to me, I... I understand why, Pete. Why why there's the parole power? Obviously, I understand why the governor has pardon power. I don't think the governor the governor should be able uh, to to say no. You have to stay in prison. I don't think the governor governor should be able to overturn that. Personally speaking, um, I also have never understood that why. You know, there's a reason why people uh, get to make these decisions who are not just regular people, right? Why why they're not just you and I? Look, it's, he's been in jail for. It, it would have been 44 years, I, I believe, you know, something crazy like that. Uh, yeah, 68, I guess that would be about 44 years because he would get out next year. Uh, 
guy probably has learned his lesson. You know, obviously not good to assassinate anyone. Obviously, it's pretty simple. It's not good to assassinate anyone. But he's probably learned his lesson by now. So I would, I'll read the story. It says, a conservative talk show host, Larry Elder, has said he would reverse a state parole board's decision to recommend parole for Sirhan Sirhan, who was convicted of the assassination of RFK in a hotel kitchen in 1968. Sirhan Sirhan's parole was approved by the board on the 16th, 16th attempt. Good Lord. The decision now goes to the governor, who would make the decision after the recall, meaning that a replacement for Governor Gavin Newsom could theoretically decide. On Saturday, Elder tweeted out, quote, outrageous and frightening that Governor Newsom's hand-picked LADA, George Gaskin, was absent from the Sirhan Sirhan parole hearing. No concern for victims, while I admire the compassion of the two RFK family members who spoke in favor of parole. Six others expressed disappointment. This is not the criminal justice they deserve. I support victims' rights. Newsom has failed to do so. As CA Gov, I will deny Sirhan parole. Well, Newsom, listen, here's the thing. Okay, guy spent 50 years in jail. It's not conservative to say, oh, even though these people who are supposed to be experts, not saying, I mean, they're on the parole board, so they're probably not experts, but are supposed to be experts, have no idea what we're talking about. Look, I like Larry Elder, and I don't, I don't agree with him on some things, but he's a very nice guy. I've met him many times. He's a very nice guy. I like Larry Elder. However, I don't find this very conservative. I don't find this very conservative. You know, there are, like he said, there are a few, a uh, few relatives of RFK who said he should be released. It's been 50 years. Reagan's, uh, the person who shot Reagan got released recently too. I didn't see much, much people coming out and uh, making fun of that. I'll finish this up though. By handpicked, Elder is referring to the fact that Newsom, then the outgoing mayor of San Francisco, appointed Gaskin to fill the post vacated by Kamala Harris who had been DA of San Francisco before being elected California Attorney General. Why did the mayor? Gaskin would go on to relax law enforcement in the city, making San Francisco synonymous with petty crime and public defamation. He was then elected last year to be DA of Los Angeles County with Newsom's support and has been extremely unpopular since facing his own potential recall. Golly, I don't want to ever be elected in California. They recall everyone. Sirhan Sirhan, a Palestinian immigrant, shot and killed Kennedy as the latter was leaving the Ambassador Hotel ballroom through the kitchen following a victory address in the California Democratic Party presidential primary. He likely would have gone and be named the presidential nominee, and he may have won the 1968 election. Who, who won in 68? Was that Nixon? Yeah, that was Nixon. Uh, Sirhan, blah, 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 whatever. Um... Yeah, I just don't think it's very conservative, personally. Uh, now, I see why. I see his thought process behind it. I personally just don't find it, you know, very conservative. Um, I did find a clip, actually, of uh, uh, of Joe Biden. Hold on. I want to play it real quick. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. And there you have it, folks. He told us straight up he's pretty retarded. Um, so we got about four minutes before we go to break. Uh, next On the next 25 minutes, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Biden looking at his watch. We're going to talk about uh, the Lieutenant Colonel uh, Scheller, the Marine who called out, who called out the left and the lack of leadership from above. But make sure if you're listening to this, uh, go to noahring.org, sign up for the newsletter um, because you need to sign up for the newsletter so I can email you a lot. Uh, also, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because some people don't wake up from seven to nine a.m. and I completely understand. Please go ahead and subscribe. Leave a five-star review. It does help a lot. And I do appreciate it personally because I wake up every morning around 5.30, 6 a.m. 
and do this show for you. So I'd appreciate if you leave me a review. That'd be very nice. Um, we got some big news coming up soon. We got some good guests coming on. We got Bo Hines running in the great state of North Carolina. I'm on a radio station in North Carolina, actually. Great state up in North Carolina. Um, he will be coming on this Friday at 8.05. You know what? I have control over these buttons. We're going to run the ads right now, and we'll be back on the other side. Do you support law enforcement? I myself am proud to be a big supporter of the Second Amendment and of law enforcement and those who keep our streets safe. That is why I am glad to partner with We Back the Blue. WeBackTheBlue.co is committed to helping the families and loved ones of those who have given their lives on the line to protect our communities and our country. To date, they have donated over $10,000 to the loved ones of those brave men and women who wear the blue uniform, who have given their lives for my community and yours. As the radical left seeks to get rid of police forces all across the country, we must stand up and support those who support us. It's important to show those who wear that uniform that we are with them and that we stand with them. That's why WeBackTheBlue.co is giving everyone who wants one a free Thin blue line distressed bumper sticker. You just have to pay $2.99 shipping and handling. Let's show our support for those in blue. Have you heard that every kid under the age of 30 is a socialist? Well, I, I definitely have, and I've met a few of those kids myself, but I want it to be different, and that's why I started SatillaRiverApparel.com. Satilla River Apparel was started uh, in, my, in my room, actually, because I was tired of having to pay top dollar prices for low-quality shirts to show my southern lifestyle. I'm from South Georgia, for God's sakes. I love to hunt and fish, and if you do too, then Satilla River Apparel is, is meant for you. So if you go to satillariverapparel.com forward slash Noah, you can get 10% off your order. We have some great shirts, and everything is made in America, printed in America, shipped in America. And, hey, you know, it, d- it does help my bank account as well, and it does keep this show going. So satillariverapparel.com forward slash Noah. Are you busy like me? You wake up every morning a little bit late. Maybe you do a 7 or 9 a.m. radio show, and you always wake up a little bit late, but you don't want to go on hungry. Well, that is why I eat Built Bar. Built Bar is, to me, the best protein bar on the market. It's one that I eat every morning before this show. I'm a big fan of chocolate. This morning before, I have been I ate the double chocolate mousse, and it has 130 calories per bar, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of both sugar and net carbs. It is perfect for whether you're a single mom on the go, you're busy, you have a long day at work, or you just need a snack, or maybe even your kids play play football and need to uh, need to gain some more protein. If that's the case, go to builtbar.com forward slash let freedom ring. Make sure you put let freedom ring in the promo code box so you get a discount and they know that we sent you. That is builtbar.com. Again, these things are flat out amazing. They are flat out amazing. I want to take a second to thank everyone who came out to Columbia County this past Saturday. I met a few of you guys. It was very good. I had a very good time. I This upcoming Saturday, September 4th, I will be speaking at the God and Country Civic Revival in beautiful LJ, Georgia. I'll be speaking alongside David Belisle. I'll be speaking alongside Vernon Jones. And I'll be speaking alongside State Superintendent Richard Woods, along with many other people. Come out. The address is... 1211 Old North Cut Road, LAJ, Georgia. Be doors open at 2 p.m. It's at White Path Creek Farms. I'm looking forward to it. Come out. Uh, I'll have a booth. I'll have some stuff to give away. I'll have some stuff for you great people. And definitely, I, I look forward to it. Also, if you're around the Georgia area, I can't 
tell you exactly why yet, but make sure that you keep October 16th clear on your calendars because we have some big news, maybe a huge speaker or two that will be announced soon. That will be October 16th in uh, in the state of Georgia. I can't tell you everything yet because I do want to confirm it. I don't want to jinx it, but it should be fine. Do you or a loved one host some sort of conservative meeting, maybe every month, maybe every quarter, maybe once a year, and you're looking for speakers? Well, if so, I would love to come. I love meeting great Republicans all over the state, great conservatives all over the state, and spreading the message of how we can get more young people in this party, because we, we really do need to get more young people in the party. If that's the case and you want to invite me, you can email me at noah at noahring.org, noah at noahring.org. I'd love to come out. So if you can send the dates, uh, the location, everything like that, I would love to come out. The earlier, the better, because my schedule is getting booked and booked more every day. But that's fine, because then I get to travel and meet great people like you. But without further ado, you are listening to the voice of young conservatism on the radio, Noah Ring. And we are back. We have about 28 more minutes until we're done. Uh, until you can, you can go. I'm, I'm, you know what, today, after the show, I'm going to come up with a list of people who I think you should listen to. After 9 a.m. at 9.01 a.m., I'll, I'll come up with that. But we got a great stuff to talk about today. So, everyone saw the video. Marine Lieutenant Colonel resigns his commission over what's happening in Afghanistan. He vows to bring the whole effing system down. I can't say that word again because guess what? I don't want to get fined. I'm sure I'm going to get an email from uh, the producers after the show and say, you're fine. And for those of you who don't know, I uh, dropped the F-bomb on the last uh, last half hour. Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller on Sunday announced in a video he was resigning his commission as a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps following being fired as a battalion commander for asking for accountability from his senior leadership on the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. In his original video posted after the deaths of 13 U.S. service members, including one he knew personally, he said, quote, I want to say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I'm willing to throw it all away to save Say to my senior leadership, I demand accountability, as he should. He announced in his video on Sunday that the enormous outpouring of support and debate over his video that he was resigning his commission as an officer in the Marine Corps short of the 20 years needed to be eligible for a lifelong retirement and medical benefits. He said, I want to make the announcement today. After 17 years, I currently not pending legal action and I can stay I can stay in the Marine Corps for another three years, but I don't think that's the path I'm on. I'm resigning my commission as a United States Marine, effective now. I'm sure there's some Marine administrative message on how I'm supposed to do that, and I'll work through that. But I have forfeiting my retirement and all entitlements. I don't want a single dollar. I don't want any money from the VA. I don't want any VA benefits. I'm sure I'm entitled to 100%. I, you know, breathe on the sa- on the smell of smoke and burning stuff for years. I don't want any of it. All I asked for was accountability of my senior leaders. When they are clear, obvious mistakes were made. I'm not saying we can take back what has been done. All I asked for was accountability for people to comment on what I said and to say, yes, some mistakes were made, and had they done that, I wouldn't have gone back into rank and file and submitted and accomplished what I wanted the morning after I posted my video and I came into work and my boss asked me, what were you trying to accomplish? And that was a very tough question for me. And my response was, I want senior leaders to accept accountability I think them accepting accountability would do more for service members and PTSD and struggling with purpose than any other transparent piece of paper or message. I haven't received that for over $2 million for the over 2 million that I would potentially receive in retirement for the rest of my life. 
for however much the extra disability would be. I think that money should go back to all the senior general officers because I think they need it more than I do because when I'm about to do, when I'm done with what I'm about to do, you're all going to need the jobs and the security. I want to be clear that I love the Marine Corps. I think, you know, there has been a fascination with the special forces over the last 15 years, special forces, people that come into the middle, middle of the night and they kill the biggest targets that the United States has. And I have much respect. I worked in MSOC, which is special forces for a year, but I'll say is conventional Marine on the ground who has to smell burning stuff, who, when I was in Ramadi, I was exposed to it so much that burning stuff actually smelled like bacon and eggs, and I grew to enjoy the smell. Those people who are there every day don't get to leave the next morning or in the middle of the night who go outside the wire, get blown up, bring the Marine back, and then go back out the next day. They don't get the credit they deserve, and they deserve accountability. You have no idea what I'm capable of doing. To all the congressmen, senators, media station across the globe, to all the rich philanthropists, I appreciate the support, and I'm going to need your support. I don't need a single dollar. I just need every single person that's willing to go back outside the wire every single day to wear a blue collar and just get go to work every single day to feed their families. Those are the people that I need. Follow me, and we will bring the whole system down. I am honorable. You can ask any Marine who has served with me for 17 years. I dare you. Ask them all. Find out what I'm made of. We're just getting started. Look, I've, been, I've reached out to Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, um, we have some news coming out soon. Hopefully, we're working on finding out the details of that um, because he does have another business, actually. And I will tell you, um, I will tell you actually what it is right now. They're getting all that figured out. Uh, hold on a second. Don't don't go anywhere. He he he's he's a very nice he's a very nice guy from everything that I can see. So he, um, it's called. Oh, God, I can't find it. It, it. I'll make sure I get it by tomorrow. But this is what happens. If I was in his boat, I'd want leadership too. Like, why the heck is there not already leadership? Why do we have to assume that the left, and why, why, do we ha- why, why is there no accountability? Will any of these people be called to testify before Cotton? No. Maybe next, maybe in 2023. If Republicans take back the House or the Senate, nobody's going to be called. If this was Trump, if Trump was president right now with the same Congress, he'd already be called to speak. He would. He'd already be called to speak. He would already have to go and speak about what they had to do. He wouldn't have to speak, but his generals would have to speak. His Secretary of Defense would have to speak. This is a shame. Biden... Harris, Pelosi, every single, anybody who is saying this went better than a disaster, because this was a disaster, anybody who's saying it's nothing, it's better than a disaster, should be voted out, should resign, should be, these people are insane. They're lying to us. This was terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And then Joe Biden goes to accept the bodies of the 13 U.S. service members. And he's on his phone. He's on his phone. Sorry, he's on his watch. He's not on his phone. He's on his watch. He's on his watch. I'm going to play this report. Joe Biden is being instructed by some unknown power to follow pre-decided lists on exactly which reporters to call on during press events. If you ask me, it's also probable that he probably knows the questions before the events even happen. Here he is admitting it. He gave me a list here. First person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell, NBC. Who is they? That was from Cam Higbegin. Who is they? 
Who's instructing you? You're the president. You're supposed to be the most powerful man in the free world. You're supposed you have as much power, if not more, than five hundred and thirty five members of Congress. You can do whatever you want. Who is they? Is it Kamala Harris? Is it the deep state? Who is they? Seriously, I want to know. Maybe I should do an FOI request. Who is they? Joe Biden is the president, but he's not running this country. Joe Biden is the president, but he is not running this country. Sad. Truthfully, it's sad. We need to... We need to remember this going into 2022 because they don't think we will. We have 13 dead Marine. We have 13 dead service members. Sorry, there was a Navy and then two soldiers, I believe. We have dead Americans. There's probably right now as we speak some Americans being tortured, some Afghan interpreters being tortured. Look, I never served. I haven't served. Many of you listening have. But I can tell you what. Joe Biden is a father to somebody who served this country. I'm not talking about Hunter. I'm talking about Bo. Got the chance to meet Bo. As I've said many times, my family's family friends with the Bidens. I got to meet Bo. Bo was a great guy. Bo served this country greatly overseas. I actually know I know somebody who he was. I don't know exactly how the. I guess he was his lieutenant. I don't know exactly how, exactly how the structure works. Bo served in, I'm 95% sure, Afghanistan. And Biden just threw that all away. Biden threw his son's legacy away. By being as utterly incompetent as possible. Hunter served too, but he was too busy doing cocaine to help keep this country safe. What have we done as a country? I want to play this clip. Students who are currently planning to attend the University of Virginia may want to reconsider because they're currently disenrolling unvaccinated students ahead of the fall semester. At the beginning of my college career, yeah, we had to get the meningitis shot, but when did we start comparing meningitis to COVID-19? Yesterday, I made a video about a patient who couldn't get a heart transplant anymore because he refused to get the vaccine. Again, something that is his choice. First, they wouldn't let you go to restaurants and bars. Now they won't let you get surgeries. Now they won't let you go to school. What do you guys think is going to be next? Pretty soon, they probably won't let you at your house if it's anything like Australia. Yeah, I saw that video. I've been meaning to play it the last couple of days, but I just start, I just get to talk and I forget about it. Um, China's already won. Look at this country. China's already won. They've been going out to this country for 20 years. They finally got what they wanted. They finally influenced an election. I remember when China used to be a bad word. You know, like kind of like... Kind of like how racist used to be a bad word, but now it's just thrown at anybody who believes in, uh, who's pro-life. And I remember when, when China used to be a bad word. I remember when the American public as a whole wanted something not made in China. I remember that. Do you? Because I do. I remember when people, actually, when people didn't want the government to control our lives. Speaking of China, I want to read this via the Epic Times. Shout out to Drew Van Vorsch for coming on again. It says, the CCP's grand strategy is to displace the U.S. Really? This is by Frank Feng. He's apparently a China expert, so we'll figure it out. 
China has had three grand strategies to counter the U.S. since 1989, culminating in the latest phase. Beginning in 2016 of wanting to displace the U.S., China expert Rush Doshi said it during an uh, August 26th webinar to talk about his new book. Doshi wrote the book The Long Game, China's Grand Strategy to Displace American Order. Oh, I'm going to need to order that one. I've heard about it. While working at the Bookings Institute, which hosted the online event, now he's the Biden administration newly appointed director for China on the White House National Security Council. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll see if he's able to do anything. The CCP officials seek to restore China to its due place and roll back the historical aberration of the West's overwhelming global influence with its grand strategy, according to Doshi's book. The grand strategy is now in its third phase. He said, after he examined years of CCP documents such as memoirs, speeches, and biographies, today China sees its competition with the U.S. as global, regional, and functional Functional in many domains. Don't find me again, I promise. It's in key domains like economics, technology, finance, emerging technologies, obviously in security and political institutions, though, she said. He noted that the nature of Sino-U.S. competition has been much wider in current times, involving more countries. If you look at the Chinese discourse on what they see as a future competition, they believe that the West, the U.S., and others will sort of increasingly work together, Doshi said. They think that they have to do the same thing with the other states. That's a little harder in their own estimation because they don't have the same network of alliances and historical partnerships. His comments were made in his personal capacity as a former Brookings fellow. The first phase of the China Grand Strategy lasted from 89 until 2008. Then the second phase was in effect for the next eight years. And then, according to Doshi, in 2016, China com- commenced its third phase of the strategy. According to Doshi, Beijing saw the U.S. as a quasi-ally before it changed its perception and viewed America as an ideological and military threat following three events. The Tiananmen Square Massacre, the First Gulf War, and the collapse of the Soviet Union. Describing the events as traumatic trifecta, he said Beijing ushered in the first phase a blunting strategy. His book details how China made military, political, and economic decisions in accordance with the blunting strategy. For example, Beijing shifted from controlling distant maritime territory to preventing the U.S. Navy's ability to traverse or intervene in the waters near China. The shift was accompanied by focusing its military investments in submarines, naval naval mine arsenal, and anti-ship ballistic missiles. In 2008, financial crisis prompted Beijing to see the United States differently, believing it it was, quote, weakening, and that its economic and political model wasn't quite as effective, Doshi said during the webinar. In response to his new view, Beijing began focusing more on, quote, building the foundations for Chinese order within Asia. He said the shift... From blunting to building was evident by a speech by former Chinese leader Ha Jintao at the 2009 ambassadorial conference during which he said China had actively accomplished something. As a result, Beijing had began to focus more on distant military capabilities. Beijing reaffirmed its belief that the United States, as well as the West, was in decline. After seeing populist candidates win several elections around the world in 2016, President Donald Trump and the UK Brexit vote, according to Doshi, in response to its assessment, the Chinese regime adopted the third phase of its grand strategy, which he called the expansion strategy. The communist regime takes blunting and building strategies from early periods and applies them on a global stage. If there are two paths in a hegemony, a regional one and a global one, China is now pursuing both. It is clear, then, that China is the most significant competitor that the U.S. has faced, that the way the Washington handles its emergence to the superpower status will shape us the course of the next century. We got to fight China. China cannot be allowed to rule for one reason. Right now in China, you haven't heard much about this recently, but right now in China, there are weaker, weaker Muslims basically being holocausted. 
China also supports North Korea, which basically are holocausting people as well. Look, we have multiple fronts we need to fight on right now, folks. We need to fight for my generation. Sure, sure. We need to win the future. But we also need to win right now. See, I kind of believed that Biden wouldn't get much done in four years. That nothing really would change. It would just kind of be stagnant. You know, maybe a little inflation. I was wrong. I didn't vote for him. Don't get it twisted. Mm-mm. Mm. Didn't vote for him any sort of way. Never would vote for him unless it said, who's the worst president ever? Then I might vote for him. We need to fight. We need to take the fight to Joe Biden. We need to take the fight to the left, who is controlling Joe Biden, because all he knows is he's getting chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream and bodyguards. And he gets to cool to this cool house that's pretty famous. We need to fight. We really do. All right, I'm being told that we need to wrap up early due to some announcements that have to go on on some um, on our stations. Uh, this has been Let Freedom Ring with Noah Ring. We will see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on the dot. And if you're listening on the podcast, we'll see you whenever you wake up. Thank you so much. Bye. Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing MailChimp, built for growing businesses.